Hi everyone, good morning. Good morning. Today we're going to be talking about 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 15. And、uh, it's interesting. It actually starts off with a pretty terrible list of traits of people in the last days, which is actually the time we're living in now. And、um, as we look at this list, it's not too surprising though. Of course, we see these traits all over the place.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll use the word terrible, and I agree. But at the same time, these traits are also highly, highly relatable. You know, we see it in ourselves. And not only that, they've been normalized by our culture, and not just normalized, but they've been glamorized. And Apostle Paul setting this up like this is the backdrop of which we are called to live out、mm-hmm. our faith. And you know what? It might get harder and harder. The days are going to get、mm-hmm. worse and worse. Yeah, so I mean, when we look at this trait,、uh, this list of traits, you know, things like lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient, easy to say, you know, and the list goes on like, oh, yeah, there's people like that out there.、Um, but what I think struck me the most. Um, what struck me was that in verse five, where it says, There will be people who will have the appearance of godliness but denying its power. And so they're going to look godly. You know, if you have people who have the appearance of godliness, then it, that means it's people who call themselves Christians,、mm-hmm. ourselves included, right? People who go to church regularly, serve, read the Bible often. In verse seven, it says they're always learning. You know, on the outside, they look like good Christians, but they're denying God's power、mm-hmm. uh, to sanctify them. And again, like I said, it's not just those people we see out there, or not even like fam- maybe famous Christians we see on TV or people who call themselves Christians, but you know, you're kind of questionable about.、Uh, but no, right? I think this is a warning to all of us because when I look at this trait, like Chris said, it's very relatable. I mean, you know, just as I look through the list, lovers of self, proud, not loving good, lovers of pleasure. I mean, I can find myself relating to so many of these. And this can be each of us as we give in to our various desires.、Um, and so I think just one thing is to be sober about this.、Um, but then also, I think just to be very aware that this, this, is, this happens.、Um, and then this, you know, there's people all around us right, who share these traits. And so another thing that this, first, this passage says is、um, avoid such people in verse 5. Um, they can really harm our faith.、Um, and in a sense, it's not necessarily you know, like you'll never see them or anything, but take a stand against those people's values, right? Don't attach ourselves or get too close、um, to people of which this is true. It's dangerous for our faith. And be clear how you're going to live out your life because the reality is we will be influenced by the people that we spend time with. And then, you know, if we find that this such people is actually ourselves, then how do we avoid such people? Well, it's actually to repent then as you identify these areas of sin in your own life and really wage war against、um, some of our sins. I thought about verse seven. It says, always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. And I thought the phrasing was pretty interesting. And I tried to make sense of it. And it doesn't just say, you know, always learning but never understanding, but arrive at the knowledge of the truth. And I looked, I thought about the word arrive, and I thought about how the word arrive implies that you actually have to leave somewhere else. There has to be a departure elsewhere. And that's just plain physics. You know, you can't be in two places at once. And someone who was never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth, I thought about, was never able to leave or let go of something else. And I think it's very applicable in our own struggles. And I, was, I, wanted, I was thinking about, you know, is there an area of our life, of your life, where you're unwilling to depart from, you're unwilling to leave or let go of something? And yet, you know, you're always learning, you're showing up to Bible study, doing DT, MBS, prayer meeting, maybe discipleship. And this can be you, always learning, but never arriving at a knowledge of the truth. And sometimes you may wonder why things aren't changing, why you're not getting it. And maybe it's because you're unwilling to leave, so you never arrive.、And、I think this always addresses people sometimes when they say they feel stuck. And we will be stuck if we refuse to surrender. I thought about the relationship between the 
set of words always and never it's just i just thought about the phrase spiritual physics this is it's just true you know if you can't leave somewhere you'll never arrive somewhere else uh, moving on forward to uh, verse 10 i think uh it's interesting we get this list where paul says you have followed my teaching my conduct my aim in life my faith my patience my love my steadfastness and I was actually really struck by how Paul can honestly call people to follow his life and not be ashamed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's not, you can tell he's not really doing this in like a super boastful manner. In verse 14, he doesn't even reference himself directly, but says, you know, from those who you have learned it. And I, I think it's pretty commendable that Paul can say uh, towards the end of his life, like he's really tried. He's not ashamed to tell people to imitate him. And that should be our goals as Christians. Um, you know, of course, it's to please God. But, you know, in terms of our conduct, right, can to be blameworthy. Like, would I want to tell someone to imitate me? Blameless. Oh, blameless. Sorry, not blameworthy. Yes. Thank you. Um, <laughs> would I want to tell someone to imitate me? And, you know, I think we're all sheepish. I'm sheepish. Um, but at least the good parts. And I guess the question is, you know, over time, as we mature, can we say this with just a little bit more confidence? And, um, you know, I think if we're really trying to be sanctified, I think we can um, say this with more confidence. And as Paul has really poured out his life to God, that's his aim. His, um, you know, he's been through so much and now he can say this with, with um, honesty. Mm. And says, um, you know, you however, I just thought about how comprehensive this list is. You however followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions, etc., etc. And Apostle Paul's list doesn't just say, you however have followed my teaching, and then just, you know, ends there. But he talks about his conduct, his faith, his patience, all of these things that he went through, his aim in life. And this is 360 view of Apostle Paul. And I was thinking about how his witness is really just, is not what he preaches. And the whole church, all, everyone around him can see his life in a hundred percent transparency you know and i was thinking it's not just in the for us it's not just in the one hour slots that we're teaching someone you know maybe course one one or leading someone through dt or sharing our faith with them that we're being a witness it's actually all the time and we have to learn to be blameless with all of our lives i thought about apostle paul he didn't just tell the early christians to be zealous they saw him being zealous more zealous than them he didn't just tell people to be generous he was generous and he was blameless with money he didn't tell he just tell people he loved them he showed them they knew he loved them a lot and I was thinking about, he didn't just tell people, don't be idle and lazy. They saw how hard he worked as a tent maker to make a living and then how he would preach in whatever spare time he had to whoever would listen. I think he led by example. And it's very challenging for us as we're all called to be leaders, as we're all called to be witnesses, mentors, older mm. brothers and sisters yep. as Christians. And it makes sense for us to be like this too, not just preach, but to practice what we mm. preach and have and to be blameless in every area, including our conduct. Mm. And all this makes sense because, you know, the gospel is an embodied truth. It's not just, you know, one plus one equals two. And it's not just following a doctrine or a stale religion, but ultimately as we're Christians, or if we're followers of Christ, we're followers of a person, the person of Jesus, followers of God, who's a relational being. And it makes sense um, when we're living out the gospel to, and we're following the footsteps of those who have gone before us that there's this three view of our lives it should color all these other areas of our lives Mm -hmm. as we try to live out the gospel Mm -hmm. and so i mean even just based off what chris said i think simple thought experiment right what would happen if someone looked at our lives you know and and just casual observer what would they say and i think that's a Mm -hmm. a sobering and challenging uh, thought exercise that all of us can do yeah i'm personally very challenged by that you know for will and and me as we're some of the i guess the leads here in Pittsburgh, right? Like we know other people are watching us and doing the different and, and, and looking to us and, you know, and the decisions we make, we know they're not in a vacuum because it sets a certain, mm-hmm. sets a certain 
temperatures has a certain kind of soil in the church you know what we do and we realize that you know whatever we do there's a legacy that gets passed down because of it so i just want to move on now to verse 12 Uh, talks about all who desire to live a godly life in christ jesus will be persecuted and i think throughout this letter apostle paul mentioned suffering and this time it's under persecution and paul told timothy join with me in suffering and now he's saying actually if you want to please god you will be persecuted it will happen it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when and oftentimes i think you know persecution it's not going to be maybe outright in terms of being thrown into jail or anything like that but just think about it if we want to live a godly life we're going to be living opposed to this world and we're going to be running up against disagreements with the world with people of this world you know our bosses our classmates our friends you know our maybe even our family members especially if they're not christian and how does that persecution come it might be in the form of mockery it might be in the form of um just people really disagreeing with what we do maybe even our parents it might be um come in the form of less opportunities because of the way we choose to live our life and i think it's clear as christians we need to say we're living for christ not to please others and not to be willing uh, and to be not to look to live in the eyes of others Mm. and um you know i just had this thought you know these experiences mean that we will be looked upon strangely Mm. especially by someone who doesn't know the gospel and that will happen regularly as we live out our christian lives and um, that's something we should experience and if we're not experiencing it then actually then that's also an indicator that man actually maybe we're, we're not displaying our faith or maybe we're ashamed and so we're not talking about um, our beliefs, our faith. And um, I think, you know, this this passage just reminds me, you know, we will be persecuted as Christians. Mm. And as well as sharing, I was just reminded that, you know, persecution, we have to learn to accept it as a matter of, of life, of Christian life. And I was reminded of 1 Peter 4, where it says, uh, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's sufferings. They may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. And it's just this idea we shouldn't be surprised when these fiery trials, when these persecutions come. They are just a fact of mm-hmm. what, you know, fact of following Jesus. Yeah. And um, I think as, as the sooner we embrace it, the sooner we lean into it, and also just, I guess, yeah, and follow through with. with being open to suffering and to persecution, I think all the more God can redeem that. And even throughout the book of Acts, you know, you see people taking joy and being counted worthy to be persecuted mm. for Christ. Um, final point, verse 14, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from who you have learned it. And um, here I just wanted to talk about 2021 church planning. You know, as we look forward to 2021, I think one reality is there are going to be some changes in our ministry as a Pittsburgh church. Um, you know, we're You know, one thing that I've experienced, uh, one blessing about being in our church is we have many leaders, many relationships, and even when those relationships move or people move, um, we're still connected. And so I was just thinking, you know, you know, this year there's going to be some changes to who our leaders are. um, And this is an opportunity actually to learn something new from someone else. Right. I've been so blessed to have many leaders throughout my time at our church, different people who I can look to and say, I've learned this from them. I've learned this from them. And that's actually a big blessing. Mm. Um, and so I just want to encourage you guys. I know it, it, it might be hard or tough, um, but at the same time, it can be a tremendous blessing to have many different leaders um, who we've seen different aspects of Christian life. from. So thank you. Um, just be thankful. You know, so mm-hmm. that's what we want to share for today. A little bit longer of a sharing. But um, yeah, that's all. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.